0: What's up, everybody? It is after the week here on a special Monday edition. For those of you who do not know, we're usually live on Sundays. However, this past weekend, I was on vacation, my last vacation in a very long time. But we are here to talk pro wrestling, what we saw this week, what we considered the best, what we considered the worst. And I'm here with Will Washington. Uh, Will, I feel like I haven't seen you in centuries.
1: I know. You know, I resisted the last few days, even asking you about how it all went, because I wanted to save it specifically for this show. Um, and so I want to know how was it all?
0: Dude, man. Okay. I don't even know where to begin. So I did two nights of the era's tour, uh, obviously the opening night on Friday, and I had really good seats, like, uh, in the 100 section. So I got like a great view of everything she did over Three hours. she That's did what I four heard... songs. Yeah, I yeah. Heard she
1: did like 44 songs. Right.
0: Okay. And then the next day I did I uh, had floor seats VIP. So I got it was it's a two totally different experiences when you're watching the show from like the 100 section, because you pretty much get to see like the whole entire stage. But then up close, it's like you get all of these, you know, really good details. But then there are some parts of the show where you don't get to see like the full stage because, you know, you're a lot closer. So I feel like I got two different experiences. And it was marvelous. Marvelous, Will. Um, So I got probably maybe six and a half hours worth of Taylor Swift music uh, the last, you know, pretty much weekend. And it was fun. I took my sister, we went to Arizona, we toured around, did a couple of things here and there, there isn't that much to do in the area. So we're like, okay, we found a couple of things to do, which was fun. Um, but it, it was great. I flew to Arizona and then drove back. So, uh, so yesterday, I got home probably like around six, 630. And then by then it was just like, I'm done. I need to go to sleep and come back tomorrow and start the week fresh. But it's one of those things when you know, when you go on vacation and you're like, damn, I got to go back to the real world. I got to go back to work. That's currently the feeling that I have right now where I'm like, oh, man, my vacation's over.
1: I know I always call vacations like retirement cock right? Because it's like (laughs) you're getting just a little bit of a taste of what it's going to be like when you don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. But then like, no, back to reality. Um, how many times have you seen Taylor Swift live?
0: I think this was my 10th time. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's
1: you been know, a couple
0: of times now. I've been seeing her since the Fearless era.
1: So I have to say, I have watched Denise over the last couple of years attend many a wrestling show. And uh <laughs> I've attended many a wrestling show with Denise. Is that Where right are you next going, to her? Will?
0: I- Where are you going with this?
1: I'm just saying this is the first time that I've ever seen you come back from an event and your voice is raspy.
0: I know. I know. I sound like a smoker. Yes. I'm just, honestly, I'm surprised my voice isn't gone. Like, it sounds like it's strong going. vocal cords. But I'm trying to, like, very, like, savor my voice because I still have a full week of shows to go. So I can't be like, Whoa, you know, my usual self. So I sound like a smoker right now. I sound like I smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day. You do. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get into the show. Let's get into the wrestling talk, everybody. Uh, It feels so weird because I took Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off from wrestling, that's four days of no wrestling, where I was like, I'm not, you know, sometimes you just got to step away from whatever it is that you do on a full time basis. You know, I work 10 to 12 hours a day. So for me to take four hours, four days off was very rare. I don't do that very often. So for me, like, it feels so weird, like coming back and getting caught up with everything that took place. You know, I saw one wrestling thing related this week one thing and it was only because you messaged me about it and i was like oh shit and that was the kenny omega uh hijo del vikingo uh matchup that was announced for dynamite this week but if it wasn't for you will i totally was (laughs) like i'm not gonna go on twitter and look at this stuff like i'm gonna tweet like my pictures and that's it like i'm not gonna go and look at anything i'm not gonna go on the website so i'm not gonna do my usual which like
1: this ended up being a good opportunity to promote your interview with vikingo and so like that was one of those, like, oh, I even thought about it. I'm like, do I bug Denise with this? Yes, I do. Yes, this is the <laughs> so- thing you bug Denise for. This
0: is the this was the one exception. However, I was informed, and maybe Will, you can give me some uh, some light on this. Uh, I was told that apparently there was a bunch of Twitter drama uh, <sighs> over the announcement of this, and boy, for I haven't seen it because I've stayed away from it uh, because I didn't want to be on Twitter. But I was told that there was some mad drama when it came to the announcement of this match. And right away, I knew exactly what it was. And I was just like, what the hell's going on, guys? Come on, freaking I'm just going to give my thoughts (laughs) here really quick, Will. And if you want to chime in on this, since you probably saw the drama unfold, I just want to say that tony khan booking kenny omega nihil del vikingo is a freaking badass booking i cannot wait to see this match and i hope that tony khan basically gives this match a shit ton of time on dynamite i'm so ready for it um and chances are for the people that were shitting on this for being a uh for people i know i heard i was told will correct me if i'm wrong that there was people that were upset because they didn't think this was a dream match
1: little bit of Explain everything. Explain the drama, Will. Explain <laughs> so, the
0: drama, cause y- you were on this. <sighs> I was just told.
1: Yeah. So this is this falls under uh, the old Phil Lindsay adage of Twitter is the worst thing on the planet. Um, so, or at least he, he likes to say that Twitter sucks, and he's right in this regard. So, um of course. I had heard beforehand, and I had actually told you about this beforehand, but I had heard uh, from some pretty reliable sources that uh, this was going to be a really special episode of Dynamite. and uh, But I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Um, and I heard that Thursday night. Uh, and then Friday morning, the announcement comes that uh, it's going to be Vakingo versus Kenny Omega on Dynamite, and Tony Khan has announced it, and the graphic says Dream Match. And the discourse is going to do what the discourse says. Because the initial announcement got all of this excitement people were like oh my god the match we thought we were going to see uh in December of 2021 we're now finally getting to see on Dynamite on TV Kenny Omega's first singles match since November of 2021 and it's in the same arena that he had his last singles match in where he faced um Alan Angels on Dynamite so it's like there's a lot of things that come together it felt really special there was all this excitement and then once All the people got their excitement out of the way. Then came the people who said one of two things of, oh, is this a dream match? You know, I, I don't consider this a dream match. I wasn't dreaming about this match at all. And it's like, well, missing the idea that somebody's dreaming about this match. So therefore, hell, the wrestlers involved were dreaming about this match. And so this is something that is special to enough of a sect of the audience to where you can call it a dream match and it works but of course the people who are like well i don't even know who this vikingo is so this is not a dream match to me a dream match to me would be roman versus the rock you know something along those lines and it's like okay but also keep in mind that wrestling is promoting and in promoting you can sometimes use puffery jargon to uh to promote your match and that's fine too but also it is a dream match to some people the other thing that people were doing was the whole well why didn't they take some time to introduce Vakingo? they could have announced this on dynamite they didn't say a single word on dynamite they're just announcing this now so i did some digging did some digging all day uh all friday evening and into saturday morning i came to the conclusion based on everybody i talked to and you know who i've talked to denise and so it's i've come to some really reasonable conclusions that they did not find out they've been trying to get vikingo for this match they've been trying to get him for a long time they tried to get him for the face of the revolution ladder match they have been trying to get him for a lot of things um but the fact was, they have not been able to secure any dates because he's really booked and busy. And AEW has also had a strained relationship with AAA, which I'm told has been repaired in recent weeks. But basically, they came to a an understanding Thursday was when that came about. And so they didn't know Wednesday that this match was going to happen. And so on Thursday, that was when they learned. So... For people who are like, well, why didn't they promote this on Dynamite? They didn't talk about it enough on Rampage. It's because Rampage had already been taped up uh, for Friday on Wednesday. So that's already in the can. They learned about this Thursday. And the only date they know that they have is next Wednesday's Dynamite. And so they, I think, came to the most reasonable conclusion of we've got one shot at this match. We've got one shot at Vikinga. We don't know when we're going to have him again let's do the match kenny's already in a bigger story that uh just kicked off on dynamite this past week so this can fall as a dream match that also is more of a pit stop for kenny on his way to what's going to be a bigger picture as we saw at the end of dynamite this week so i thought everything here was good um, as far as the announcement was concerned but as far as the discourse was concerned it's just more of the same stuff it's all of that uh well what about the casuals why didn't they introduce vikingo to the casual fan blah 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 and to all of that i say i'm not even gonna say look him up i'm not even gonna say google him because i know people get mad when you say that although if you look at um the google trends for vikingo they're up like 800 percent. so like clearly people are doing that but anyway I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is, if you've never seen a Vikingo match, that's okay. You'll see one on Wednesday. And this can be your introduction to him. That's fine. It is fine for your first match to be this one. And if you come away impressed and want to see more of him, that's a good thing. Um, I just... I know there's this thing where people will kind of... um, Like, I've seen it a lot this week, where I'm seeing people who have been trashing on this, who have been saying, oh, Tony didn't promote this enough, oh, uh, this isn't a dream match, oh, who cares about Vakingo, things along those lines. And then when AEW fans get mad about it, the response to it is, oh, look, AEW fans just can't take criticism. It's not necessarily criticism to AEW fans if you're just raining on their parade, which is what it feels like is happening there in those moments um it'd be one thing if it's like a a generally if it's generally seen as a detrimental thing I can see where it's like okay that can be seen as constructive criticism but when it's just like wait the fans are excited about something we need to tell them why they shouldn't be excited that's not really constructive criticism to me um and it's just obnoxious I participated in one little piece of this discourse where I just- <laughs> You always I,
0: do, Will. You no, 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 I, all I
1: did was after I confirmed every little detail that I just said to you about how this match came together, I'll, my tweet simply laid out all of those details and then said to anybody reading this tweet, my question to you is knowing that you learned about, if you were a booker and you learned on Thursday that you have Vakingo coming in and his only available date is next Wednesday, and you've already taped your previous TV, so you have no other TV to promote them. You can insert a video package in a Rampage, which they did. But other than that, what would you do in this instance? And I left it open to people. I wanted to know what people's genuine answers were with knowing exactly what we know about how this came together, what would you have done? The Mostly like the objections were like, well, I just wouldn't have booked the match. I would have put Kitty in something else. And it's like, but okay, you have one opportunity at this match and you just you pass up on it because um of your belief of how things should be promoted okay that's fine but that was the only thing i was willing to to contribute to this awful awful discourse
0: so there's a lot of things that I want to touch on here. And I'm gonna to touch on them very quickly because when I heard that this was happening, I, I kind of had already had a feeling because I quote retweeted and I put my video out with Vikingo where Viking, because this was a match that was, you know, tried to made multiple times, you know, in Triple, uh, you know, they tried to make it happen. And, you know, unfortunately, shit happens, card's subject to change, and it wasn't able to happen. And this was a conversation that I had with Vikingo, and he basically told me during that interview, it was basically uh, you know this we're going to try to make this match happen I'm going to try to make this match happen this is my dream match this is the match that you know we've been, you know so many fans have been wanting to see and uh, you know it was one of those things where I even told him like dude I'm reading in between the lines of what you're saying here because he was basically telling me this match is going to eventually happen in AEW at some point but it was clear that he didn't know when and I even told him oh, cool I'm not going to ask you any more questions about this because I legitimately <laughs> want to be surprised because sometimes you know they're not going to tell you they're not going to spoil the surprise there and in the moment but they gave you enough to basically hint at, hey, this is happening. This is something that's in the works, right? And so, you know, right away, it was like, oh, Shay, like, I got to, you know, put this out there. And right away, I noticed one thing. And it was that there were people that were upset about this, putting like snooze emojis or or who or this and that. And right away, this took me back to two different occasions that I recall this happening. I recall this happening with Minoru Suzuki when he was booked on AEW, I remember this happening with Ishii when he was also booked in AEW. So anytime there is a group of people that I don't know, I don't know if it's like they don't want, to see these cool matches be booked because they don't know the person or they don't want, you know, it's really the extreme people that take the tribalism way too far where I don't think they want to see cool things happen in the promotion that they're not a fan of because, you know, and so the only way to shit on it is by saying, well, who's this person? Who's that? Who's that? And I remember when the whole Monero Suzuki discussion came up, oh, I chimed in on that. And I was in, <laughs> first of all, I thought it was very like When it comes to certain people in the industry, certain people who have done things, who are game changers in in, in pro wrestling, whatever you want to call them, trailblazers, this, this, and that, I feel like there is a there is a, a thing where you should kind of be aware of these people right now with the vikingo situation, it's different. I get that. There's not a lot of people that are familiar with vikingo and that's totally fine. There's a lot of people that are not going to be familiar with somebody and that's okay. You're not going to know every living, breathing wrestler ever, but there is that one small group of people that I feel just want to complain and they want to complain because they don't know the person or because they don't want to see this match or this company succeed or this and that. And I don't want to hear anything about, Oh, they should have done this to build them up this and this and that. I recall back in the day, WCW doing this, you know, with people, for example, Rey Mysterio. How many times wasn't it just like, here's Rey Mysterio. This is a match. You're going to have it because. He's oh yeah. The Marvel. cruiserweight division literally was that.
1: just guys just dropped exactly. into the show. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
0: Imagine if we didn't get introduced to guys like that. Come on. So for me, it was one of those things where I'm like, nah, On top of that, it also kind of bothered me because I was told about some of the discourse that was going on around this. And there were some comments that were made that I also kind of felt was tied into because, oh, because he's a luchador. Oh, you, it's almost like you're telling me that because he's a luchador and because he's primarily known in Mexico, that he can't be considered in a dream match scenario. And to me, that was really upsetting when I saw some of the comments, or rather, I was told about some of the comments that were going out there. And I knew it the second that this was announced, I knew that there had to be some portion of that, that that was going to be an issue. But with all that being said, I know this is just a small minority of people that are, you know, complaining and this and that. I know for a fact that when the Kingo goes out there and there's a lot of people that don't know him, they're going to become like instant freaking fans, man. There's a reason why this man is booked all over the damn place. There's a reason why for a while they didn't even want to stream his matches. Finally, they allowed that to do that when he finally got brought into the independence. The second he was brought into the the second he got his visa um, for the United States to be able to work in the United States, Will, it was an explosion of, he, we want to book him here. We want to book him here. You know, GCW is grabbing him for a bunch of dates. Defy all of these people. And so I just want to say that I'm freaking stoked for this match. And it's okay not to know or be aware of someone, but that does not mean that it's not a dream match for a group of people. Keep in mind, there are more promotions outside of WWE, outside of AEW. There are so many more promotions. Um, Okay, so I really wanted to touch on that because I was uh, was a little bit upset when I heard this whole thing. So I had to kind of let out some of that frustration. And
1: and to the people who got roped into it, just remember – This is what's going to happen anytime you as a fan are excited about something, especially if you are a fan of really any outside promotion. You're going to deal with the trolls who are there to rain on the parade and just like let it go. Let it slide. Um, It's it's all bad faith. Nobody's engaging in this in good faith. I've not seen anybody engaging in this in good faith. Even people that I've worked with that, um, that I've had respect for, uh, who have engaged in the negative side of it, I even don't necessarily think that their arguments are fully based in good faith
0: right right exactly all right heads up guys if you do want to help support this podcast and you want to you know just keep us funded keep us going on the special monday edition of the show uh, please feel free to send in any super chats we will read your questions your opinions your statements your hot takes whatever it is Uh, feel free to send those in we actually got our first one here from taylor cannon who says congratulations on the new gig denise you deserve it uh thank you so much to taylor gonna
1: address that elephant in the room
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean this is literally so for those of you who haven't seen my Twitter yet, I'm officially uh, joining busted open radio. Uh, I start this Saturday and this has been in the works now for months, which will has known about for months. Thank you for keeping my secret. Um, I literally was found out about the opportunity. L- November of last year. And then January was my ad- audition that show that I did with Mark Henry. That was my official audition. Uh, all the people who needed to be happy were happy and so they offered me a deal and I signed my contract not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. I mean,
1: you posted a Simpsons reference. I GIF posted abuse. a Simpsons
0: <laughs> reference. Well, really, because I googled on the GIF. No wait, GIF. <laughs> gif gif well gif thank i you. googled on the gif like contract signing and it was the only <laughs> thing that popped up So i, I like was it. proud
1: of you for that actually so <laughs> well, it's not you.
0: because i'm a simpsons fan i same. know I, it was just because <laughs> that's the only option that was popping up
1: <laughs> but you know i'm a simpsons guy so when you posted that one i'm like that girl that's you know, like i one. know
0: what's happening so anyway yes. so this has literally been in the works since november and it's finally happening and i'm very excited uh very very excited uh van Twinblade sends in a super chat saying uh rip rip spo we all miss man buff ref
1: yeah um, i was really saddened by spo's passing and um for those of you who don't follow um independent wrestling he's a well-known independent referee um and it was crazy because he had just tw- posted on twitter about events the night before and it was just like it, 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 that's how quickly it can happen and uh say, just hug your loved ones don't hesitate to tell people in your life that they matter to you because r.i.p. P.
0: sheldon jackson sends in a super chat saying congrats on the new gig denise working harder than ever also i still haven't forgiven that artist for doing earth wind and fire song of september
1: well, um, i have chosen not to ever listen to taylor swift's cover of september for that very reason uh but
0: stop hating you were just talking about raining on people's parade will
1: look i said i haven't listened to it all right it's... <laughs>
0: Thank you so much to Sheldon. I'm very excited to uh, get that going. Um, all right, let me just get caught up with all of the comments here, everybody. I know we kind of uh, took a di- uh, took a different route with talking about everything that was going on with Bikingo and Kenny Omega, but we got another super chat here from Anime Otoko too, who says, "You know that every woo response on Twitter would ha- or who-, oh, was- who? Sorry, I was thinking woo because of Ric Flair. Uh, you know that every who response on Twitter would have been treating Bikingo as the next Rey Mysterio if he was turning up on Raw." You guys got I mean, look, and
1: that, the other know. thing too is this, you guys have to think of it, uh, when I say you guys, I know I don't mean our audience, because I know our audience knows better, but when like people see the dream match scenario and things along those lines, like you really have to think about the fact that just think of it from a country perspective and thinking about the fact that he hasn't had, um, you know, his TV experience in the united states has been like impact right so like this is really an opportunity to see a match that under previous circumstances wasn't possible almost like you could only dream up this scenario almost like it's a dream match so that's one way to look at that another thing is if your first introduction to somebody is a match on tv that's happened before that's how we got introduced to ricky starks that's how a lot of people got introduced to eddie kingston that literally was just like hey Here's a match featuring this person. That's happened. I, Either way, just watch it this Wednesday and enjoy.
0: I feel like I can go on like a 40 more minute rant about this, oh, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, we got another super chat here from last year who says Athena is an early wrestler of the year candidate. Everything with her just clicks. I hope she gets added to the outcast. They could use a champion. Well, Will, she was on your uh, best stuff last week.
1: Yeah, she's been very, very good. I think in this heel role as ROH Women's Champion, she is cooking. I think that I wasn't sure what she was going to end up doing at Supercard of Honor, but it was announced on this week's episode that she's facing Yuka Sakazaki at Supercard of Honor. That'll be really awesome. Um, And I think just continuing to let her reign and dominate and be this bully character that she's being, I think is excellent. She's doing really great. Uh, I don't know what they have in mind for her after this, but because I, I have this feeling over the next few months as all of the Ring of Honor titles at the moment, and let me make sure I'm making a correct statement, not the tag titles, obviously. Um, they don't really have tag champions at the moment, R.I.P. Uh, Jay Briscoe. But um, the, the idea that at the moment all of the titles are kind of held by AEW guys, I have a feeling as things progress you will start to see those belts kind of phased onto the more core ring of honor talent and that they're kind of using who's holding those belts at the moment to establish the talent that's in ring of honor so i hope she gets a good reign out of this but i can also see at some point because she is she was brought into aew to be aew talent that at some point she'll put somebody over in a good way
0: all right, well, let's get into today's show, guys. Let's talk about our best stuff. So heads up, I obviously watched Raw. I watched NXT. I watched AEW. I watched half of SmackDown, half of Rampage. So I'm a little bit behind on some things. So I feel like our list is going to be very different today, uh, you know, than some of the other weeks. But, well, let's get to it. Here we go. What was your third best of the week?
1: I have to eat crow. I have to admit that Jeff Jarrett kind of rules. And this week... will all <laughs> oh,
0: hell's no, all oh, hell's no. Will after all the shit you talked, after all the shit you talked.
1: Look, all right. My number three is the first ever defense of the international championship. I'm offended right now. It is Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy. I have to say, I don't think there are many people across the entire industry who work as a better heel and get better heat than Double J, Jeff Jarrett.
0: Will, can I just say, I freaking said this. I I've know you did. I'm giving you your credit here. here. No, okay. I need to hear you say it. Denise Salcedo, you were right. <laughs> say it, Will. William R. Washington.
1: Denise, you were right.
0: You forgot the Salcedo. I need the Salcedo in there.
1: Denise Salcedo, you were correct. Thank you very Jeff much. Jeff on is great. And uh, I recognize that part of my disdain for Jeff Jarrett is the reason he's as good as he is. Um, and the fact that all day Wednesday, I was like just getting annoyed at the possibility of him being international champion of him beating orange cassidy and i realized by the end of the match they hooked me they had me he had me in the way i'm supposed to be had with professional wrestling i mean i literally tweeted out the drake quote "The don't do it please don't do it because like literally i did not want to see this happen but that's how i'm supposed to feel about a heel and as jeff jarrett worked this match and he just worked it like a smart heel does he got the crowd, in every single instance, he's supposed to. Orange Cassidy comes to the ring, and so you have um, Jeff Jarrett, who of course first enters with his gang, and Orange Cassidy comes off super fearless in the way that he came out without best friends. Of course, we later learned that Chuck Taylor, like literally, wasn't there because he had to have oral surgery. Um, but so the deck is stacked against Orange Cassidy. He works the match in a way where uh, he 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 has the deck stacked against him and Jeff Jarrett is just the way he's mocking the way he does the strut the way he of course heals the crowd with the sharpshooter all of these things he he's he's good at this like in the end in hindsight after Orange Cassidy of course won after Trent interfered I realized that I probably wouldn't have hated as much as I thought I would have Jeff Jarrett winning in this scenario and it would have made sense this was good this was very good Jeff's good at what he does
0: well you're Uh so lucky I'm preserving my voice right now because (laughs) the amount the amount of things I want to just shout at you right now I want to get on top of the rooftops and be like god damn it Will and here's the thing that I want to say the reason this did not make my top three this week is because and I'm gonna pull this comment up here from Vance Rawlings who says it sucks that TK didn't pull the trigger on it. And I completely agree. I think that Jeff Jarrett should have won. I think that had he won, there would have been this massive just like people either it's going to be two sides of it There was going to be people like me going yeah let's go with this let's see what Jeff Jarrett's going to do with this belt, especially as the heel that he is and then there was going to be people on the other side of it that were like you got to be fucking kidding me this and that Jeff Jarrett's going to be a champion how dare he defeat Orange Cassidy you knew we were going to get those two sides of the of uh, you know of the spectrum and so for me I was a little bit bummed out that he didn't pull the trigger and have Jeff Jarrett win I honestly think it would have felt it would have felt uh just I don't know different sometimes you need to let the bad guys win you know and so I was disappointed that Jeff Jarrett did not <laughs> win this match. I think this was the time to do it. Get a little bit let let people get a little angry let people have a little bit of fun with it. Uh I think they I I think Jeff Jarrett should have won and that's the reason why it's not on my top three.
1: <laughs> I mean I, I will say the reason it made my list is because one thing I came out of this and I've been feeling this for a while. Um, Orange Cassidy, I think the numbers are starting to work in his favor and show that he truly is, uh, a big pull for AEW. He is one of their top stars. And I came away from this feeling like, you know, with all, and we'll talk about the the opening segment later, I'm certain. Uh, but talking about kind of all of these stars that AEW has kind of developed over time and who's ready to, to go at MJF, another person that AEW developed to get there. Um, I came away from this feeling like at some point, Orange Cassidy has to challenge MJF. He does feel like, uh, and because we've only seen that match, what, uh, I know, I remember we saw it back in 2020, because Orange Cassidy and MJF faced each other for the second Dynamite Diamond Ring, Um, but we never really got much of a feud out of that, and I feel like he is starting to feel like somebody who could be in that position and so it's it's two levels here orange cassidy cassidy orange cassidy is feeling like the top baby face that the company has and on top of that uh jeff jarrett feels like a legitimate hateable heel it works
0: Damn, well, this you just you were just being worked, and I got to read this comment from Tom who says on next week's show, Will puts Bray Wyatt as his best of the week.
1: Oh, yeah, let's just see Bray Wyatt actually be on a show, and then uh, we'll, we'll so get there.
0: Okay. do you think you're gonna have a, a Bray Wyatt anything this year on your i mean, top was, best was, list this look, year? I, on I after had week?
1: I had last year, you know. We ain't talking about
0: last year. We're talking about this year. And last year year didn't count because everybody loved that Bray Wyatt promo when he came. Of course, that had to be on the list. That was great. But... everything posts that do you think we're gonna see another bray wyatt best stuff on your I list mean, do you here? know
1: me at all the only way that happens is if bray wyatt comes out to the ring grabs With the microphone mariah carey? <laughs> yes uh, no then it's like number one forever okay, but
0: what if mariah carey came out tomorrow and tweeted you know what bray wyatt is my favorite wrestler ever
1: i would say mariah it's okay to be wrong. Um, you but... would not. You
0: would not. You would go out and buy a Bray Wyatt t shirt. <laughs> no. Bray Wyatt number one fan sign. Let,
1: let, let me say this though, as far as Bray is concerned, if he came out to the ring, grabbed the microphone, and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for the last ten years of my career, and oh, I will never oh, do yeah. any of That's this type so of shit mean. again. That I am going so to. Mean. I am going to get in the ring and." Be a normal professional wrestler and not do any of the spooky dookie. At that point, I uh, would go, all right, we're on to something. Because honestly, that was when I was putting Bray stuff on my list uh, last year. A lot of the stuff I was saying was, hey, we're starting to see a more human version of Bray. I can take this. This is good. I like this. Let's keep going in this direction. And then they didn't keep going in that direction. And that stinks. So I will always encourage more of a human version of Bray. And if we the closer we get to that, uh, the better I will feel about him as a performer.
0: I get it. I get it. But hey, now, you never know. You never know. Let's like, right, see what happens.
1: Denise, <laughs> it's your turn. Speak now. It's your okay. number
0: three. So my number three is going to go to the debut of Taya Valkyrie in AW. So the reason this is going on my number three is because, you know, I've been following Taya's career for such a long time now. You know, I've seen her, God, I've seen her wrestle everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. everywhere. And um I think that Taya is such an incredible wrestler. I think that she has something so special where she goes in there and she is this legitimate badass. You don't have to suspend your disbelief. That's always something for me that I really enjoy to see. And you buy her matches with whoever she's in there with, whether it's with another woman, whether it's with a man because she wrestles all types of different matches. It doesn't matter. She's very, very good. And I just think that, she has been hustling and busting her ass for so long that she is somebody where I'm like, damn, she really deserves to be, you know, on the top of you the know, promotions, whether it be WWE or AEW. When she was in WWE, I really did think that she could have been a person that was easily brought into the main roster, like straight to Raw, straight to SmackDown. And she could have had some phenomenal feuds with any of the women that you would have put her in there. Um, She went the NXT route. They put her on NXT, fine. They changed her name, Frankie Monet. She's, it's pretty much still an extension of. Of her same character of Taya Valkyrie but um You know, she goes out there and I remember when she had this confrontation right off the bat with uh, with Raquel, and we're all thinking like, okay, good, you know, they're taking her right to the top of the of the, you know, of the NXT women's uh, title picture, and this and that and I'm thinking, Oh, this is gonna be so great. And then unfortunately, they didn't do much with her. And it was one of those things where then you know, everything happened the pandemic and just so much of these things that you know, were out of her control ended up happening. And so you know, she gets released. And she never got her moment in WWE. And that was really sad to see because she could have definitely had a strong, uh, she could have had a strong run and she would have been so many people's favorites on there. She could have had awesome matches with whomever. So I was always thinking like, man, I really hope I see Taya in AEW because, you know, that's next promotion where you're going to get the most eyeballs and so for her to finally get there and finally have this moment in aew i just thought you know what that is years and years and years of hard work like she's somebody like you have to have like i have so much respect for her you know she's canadian not only did she didn't just go and work, you know, the independent scenes and independent scene in the United States, she went and busted her ass in Mexico, learning how to speak Spanish, learning how to go out there shit. I like I just think that it's so hard to do something like that, especially as a woman, as a woman who doesn't know the language and having to go out there and be fearless and do that in another country. Um, it, It's just it's. It's something very admiring. And so, anyways, so um, I also like the way that they did this, the swerve of it all, where they had Jade Cargill go up against Nicole Matthews, who uh, you know, I didn't know who she was or anything, and they did the quick squash, this and that, and then finally having Jade Cargill basically saying, like, oh, is this all we have? Is this all Canada has to offer? And it was in that moment you're like, Okay. Let's see, is Taya gonna come out? And then she finally comes out. She has this confrontation with Jade Cargill. And then I got to watch her uh, squash the squash the match that she did on Rampage. Um, this feels like the first time that there is an opponent for Jade Cargill that I can legitimately buy as someone who can defeat and actually take the title away from Jade Cargill. Because one of my things that I have not necessarily liked is that I feel. That for so many of Jade Cargill's matches, they really haven't always given the challenger a reason to, for the people to actually re- believe or buy or trick them into thinking that they're actually going to defeat Jade Cargill. Every match has kind of felt pretty direct and pretty much similar to so many of the previous matches. And so... For me, this feels like such a big program. And not only if they play their cards right, not only is this program going to you know, do what it needs to do for Taya in AEW to get her started off on the right foot, but it's also going to continue to elevate Jade Cargill because being in the ring with someone as experienced as Taya is only going to make Jade Cargill look even better. Um, I'm hoping that Taya either has a great program with Jade where uh, you know Jade continues to get over, Or if she just wins the title. I would love to see her win the title. I think it would be time. I don't know if they want to get to some interesting number. I don't know if that's in the plans or what. But I would like to see Taya become a TBS uh, champion. Uh, Thoughts,
1: Will? That's what I was expecting on your list at all. But I can can see why you see it that way. Um, And I agree with the idea that Taya is the first person that feels like she's at Jade's level. I feel like Jade has had some some good challengers like i feel like red velvet was a good challenger but everybody felt like they were kind of climbing the mountain whereas i feel like uh taya does come off as the first challenger to jade that is the mountain that is another mountain like she is and i love that of course they both have the same finisher so therefore uh there's stuff you can do with that um i do think that this is the type of challenger jade needs and yeah i'm in on this this feels good
0: Hell yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Uh, number two, uh, Will, what was your second best of the week?
1: My second best of the week was very, very good. It was the opening of this week's dynamite, uh, in which we saw the pillars. And this was something we all speculated about literally last week. We talked about it on this show. That and the only concern I had was how do you insert Sammy Guevara into this when really Sammy's already like got a thing going on. He's involved in the, the trio's title stuff. Um, and that happened later in the show. But uh, either way, they found a way to do it. Start with the opening of the segment. MJF makes his way out with the sunglasses on. Uh, and he's ready to celebrate his bar mitzvah. So uh, those of you not in the know on this uh, particular topic, my wife is Jewish and uh, comes from a jewish family um and so she watches mjf with a very close eye (laughs) um for a number of reasons but one of the things she appreciated about this segment was she loved its authenticity through its absurdity she was like i can tell this was written and put together by if not mjf himself Somebody Jewish in the room had their fingerprints on this because it was very much a issue she loved that it felt like it came from MJF and it very much did. Um, so of course, he opened the segment and he berated the fans, he talked about, um, how you know Judaism is the only religion that matters, uh, and uh, we're the chosen people. Um and I had concerns about that of course. I always I will always I have I love that you had
0: the guts to go there. Are you kidding I know. me? I loved it. I'm not always, offended. No,
1: because, it's not getting offended. Yeah, it's it's I about loved it. It's about positioning the fans to boo it. Exactly. That's where I get But that's where I get concerns, right? Because it's like there's so much anti-Semitism I think because out there. there's some
0: pe- but and there's some people that I know they don't like the low-hanging fruit stuff. I'm sorry. I love it. I don't care. I don't care.
1: I I, I, I will just always have concerns about Putting the fans in a position to possibly to
0: hate on, yeah, I see.
1: right, and that—that's I'm always like on the fence about things. Well, along rational,
0: those lines. normal people are gonna react in a rational, normal way,
1: right? But there's always that guy in the audience that's like,
0: of course,
1: uh, yeah, that's that's gonna use it as an excuse to basically spout some, yeah, that makes sense, yeah, anti-Semitic stuff. And so I'm always like, you want to give people that power, but I feel like they did it right here. And I thought it was very good, uh, and of course, then. Um, uh, just as the celebration gets underway, though, he is interrupted by Jungle Boy. And uh, I think they're going to have to reach a point where they got to do something about Jungle Boy's music. And I don't mean it from the perspective of, you know, it's a good song. People like it. But they can't use it on social media. And uh, I think they're running into problems with it because, like, if you have watched the segment on YouTube, which I just watched it back this morning just to figure out what I'm doing. And his entrance isn't in the 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 clip. Literally every other licensed song they use can be there. This one cannot. And so uh, I feel like they have to do something about that, which I know Mikey Ruckus made a cover of the song. Maybe use that. So before he can speak, he's interrupted by Sammy Guevara. And then before he can speak, big pop for Darby Allen, who we haven't seen since he was defeated by Samoa Joe. So uh great to see him. And MJF asks what they want In very cute fashion They all say that they want a title match And they all make their case Uh, You had Jungle Boy make his case That he faced Last time he faced MJF Because he's faced him twice uh, Once was at the San Antonio show think it was San Antonio, Texas, February. Girl, do
0: not fact check with me. Fact check February... with yourself. <laughs> it was... I don't got that kind of memory.
1: February 12th, 2020. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but I think chat, that's what it was. Chat, will handle that. Um, let me know because I don't have the chat in front of me. But tell me if I'm right, uh, chat. But anyway, and then they faced each other at Double or Nothing 2020 in that 20-minute match in the one where people really felt like MJF and... Jungle Boy, that was like really one of the first like wrestling matches that I ever felt like I felt good about in front of the pandemic audience. Um, and so after that, we then the but he then mentioned how yeah you know, after that MJF cheated to win and they went their separate ways. They went on very different paths. Jungle Boy talks about how he uh, went on to wrestle on Dark and Elevation, and uh, meanwhile. MJF has never wrestled on those shows. Hell, MJF has never even been on Rampage. And I said that out loud. As soon as he mentioned the dark and elevation thing, I was like, what? Hell, MJF has never been on Rampage. And then uh, Jungle Boy goes, have you even been on Rampage? And I was like, damn, he brought all that up. Some felt is. like he was.
0: February 12, 2020. Was...
1: Look at that. Thank <laughs> I
0: you. I know my Smith. stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, so either way, I had no doubt about that, by the way. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know what? Well now you just now you're just <laughs> wanting the, the attention, okay? Now you're just <laughs> wanting the attention. You're just wanting the like all oh, those so great.
1: <laughs> I, I, probably, you're probably right. Um but <laughs> anyway. And then of course uh you had Sammy Guevara who brought up uh, his stuff and how I didn't necessarily like a little bit about Sammy Guevara stuff. I didn't like him mentioning that he was supposed to be a jobber or the bump guy. I feel like there were wrestling ways you could have mentioned that without using that the terminology. That. I
0: liked that. Say, I Cause that, I feel I, like. I thought that felt if he like that felt true to what he was talking about to make his case. I did like that.
1: I feel like in the context of the show though, what does that mean?
0: Well, everybody knows that there's going to be those guys that are, you know, just positioned to be in certain
1: spots but like, as a jobber, I mean, in in his mind, as a professional wrestler, what does that matter? He's come in to win. So like, I I don't I don't like when anybody references being a jobber on TV because like, what is a jobber in the context of the show? I don't like that. Th- those are See, certain I don't terms. mind
0: it. I don't mind it because I think. I, I got exactly what he was trying to say, and I thought it hit very nicely where, you know, he was talking about how, you know, he was just somebody that was supposed to be, you know, whatever's right. Meanwhile, MJF was always positioned to do right. this, this. I like the,
1: I like the sentiment behind it. I just think that there were other terms he could have used. But I, uh, I did like how he mentioned how he overcame all that, became three-time TNT champion. And the crowd was behind him until he said uh whether you like it or these dumbass Canadians like it. And then it was like, okay, we have to remember he's a heel here. Right. And he's got a match later on, so let's not cheer this guy. Uh but I think the star of this whole segment was Darby Allen.
0: Thank you. I voted him the star of this too. <laughs> yes. Okay, continue on. Yeah,
1: I thought Darby was the star of the segment. I love I loved how uh he talked about dropping out of film school because um, he couldn't be himself there and he always told himself when he got into professional professional wrestling that he was either going to succeed as Darby Allin or he wasn't going to do it and he mentioned how that must make him the worst businessman on the planet because there'll never be a bidding war for Darby Allin but uh, AEW has allowed him to be himself and that's all he'll ever be is himself and I loved all of that and um, I, I liked that in and I think the reason he was the star of this segment to me was because when you look at what Jungle Boy had to say, and you look at what Sammy had to say, for the most part, I think the piece Jungle Boy was missing was that he made the case against MJF, but didn't necessarily make the case for himself. I feel like Sammy... Made a I little think he bit of did
0: a- make the case for himself, though, in the sense that he was saying, you're not appearing on these shows, you're not working as hard as I am. I like- am because I'm appearing on Dark. I'm appearing on Dark Elevation. I've appeared on Rampage. I've done the work, this and that. I do think he made a, a case for himself in that sense, where he's saying, that's why he said you haven't appeared on these shows. Sure, and I got-
1: have. I got that. But I guess what I'm saying is that the strongest case made for the talent in the ring was Darby Allen. And the way that he... And you could hear it from the fans who all agreed with what he was saying that, you know what? That is why we love you, Darby, because you are just Darby Allen and you... And then he, of course, talked about people in the back who jump on Twitter and whine about not that getting pushes. And I thought, oh that God. was my favorite yeah. part. That was my favorite part. And then he, it, said,
0: he had some guts to go there.
1: Yes. Uh, but either way, I liked all that. And then, of course, he took off the glasses. You could see uh, or MJF took off the glasses as he got angry there. You saw he had the two black eyes. His eye was red. Um, and at that point, you could... Uh, and then he told him he looked like shit. I thought all of this was great. And then, of course, he landed in the cake. Uh afterward, you knew once there was a cake there it was ending up on somebody. It's fine that it ended up on MJF. I love this. I thought this was a great way to show us that we really have gotten here with the pillars. We're getting the pillar match. I'm into this. This was great. Denise, I have a feeling you have something to say, but I don't yes, know when you you're know gonna what say I have
0: it. to say I have to say that it's time for my second best of the week. There you go. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) My second best of the week was actually the main event of Dynamite. And that was the House of Black, the Elite, the Jericho Appreciation Society, with also including the ending of the said show. So for me, first of all, I want to talk about the match. like The whole entire thing from the moment they came out to the end is my number two. Um, The match itself the reason why it's on there dude they delivered in every aspect of the way that you could expect from these three teams uh there was i mean there was holy shit chance before the match even started uh, that's pretty damn cool to see in a, in a scenario like that. Um, there were so many different aspects of it. You know, we were obviously getting the type of match that you would expect from these guys. Uh, the confrontation between Jericho and Kenny Omega when they finally had their little moment in between this match, I thought that was really great. Kenny Omega, man, he was just freaking... I mean, all these guys were great, but I do want to talk for Ken, about Kenny for a second because he was the guy that was just like, Literally everywhere in every single aspect of this match. And I love some of the sequences that he had with, um, With uh, Brody King and Buddy Matthews specifically. Those were some of the moments that really stood out for me. Uh, You know, just everything that they did here, like his, all his, like anytime he hits those Snapchat and suplexes, God, this is so enjoyable to see. Like I give bonus points every time I see them just because they're so nice and so fun to see. Obviously, you know, we see the Young Bucks do their, you know, super kick party on literally everybody in their mothers, Brody coming in and doing the clothesline to them right afterwards. It was just a nice, Fun sequence of events that made this very fun. The House of Black getting their win as it should. They should win. Uh, I didn't want to see them lose in this scenario c- considering they just got the titles. And I think they really need to be champions and, and keep moving forward and growing as a trio. All of this was great. And then the after portion where we had, uh, you know, basically the Blackpool Combat Club go out there and have this confrontation with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page then gets backed up by the elite. Uh, it was that visual of oh shit this is the direction that we're going in was very fun to see because I remember kind of thinking like prior to this going like ah, I kind of wanted this whole thing between John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page to kind of wrap up a little bit you know to completely wrap up actually I'm not gonna lie to you. I wanted it to be I thought that revolution was the nice way to close it all out and have that ending right. Um, And When they continued it, I thought, okay, well, let's see where they go from here. And the fact that this is now the direction that we're heading in and that, you know, we're including the elite on this and we're having this, you know, this circle back to the history with the hangman with hangman and uh, with the elite. All of that, to me, kind of felt like a big deal. I thought they did a really good job of closing out the show, making you feel excited about what you can expect for, uh, you know, the coming weeks. So this to me had to be on my second best.
1: I'm sorry that this didn't make my list. I really am. because what? I Because I love this so much. Um, and, and so...
0: Now I'm curious. Th- I don't know what I, your number one is.
1: I mean, you have to know what my number one is. I think the chat knows what my number one is. But, Do I? Uh, yeah, Was that the, one
0: of the shows I watched? I mean... What if I missed it?
1: You may have missed it. I don't know. Okay. But either way, uh, I had a lot of fun with this match. I think all of these guys have... A reputation for being able to put on uh, this type of content, and so you knew what this was going to end up being. Uh, of course, I didn't even think about the fact that we've never really seen a three-way trios match, and so to to pull this off the way that they did, uh, and and even tease the fans with certain things, because of course this was in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. So you get to see Chris Jericho, um, who was Winnipeg royalty and they showed that earlier in the show you get to see kenny omega who uh this was really his first time getting to perform in front of this large of an audience in his hometown and when those when they did the tag-ins and uh like chris jericho gets tagged in and then malachi gets tagged in the crowd is like holy shit and then kenny tags malachi and we see kenny and jericho in the ring again and the crowd is going nuts and then everybody gets jumped and they go to commercial break but the way they were able to tease that stuff was a lot of fun um and I think the ending especially, I, I've I've said the best TV endings in general, but especially AEW. I felt like they haven't done this in a while of uh, hook me into wanting to see what's going to happen next week. I feel like that's the way you've got to go off the air. And it had been a while since they had done so. But the way that they integrated everything from earlier in the show with Hangman and the Dark Order getting jumped by the Black Bull Combat Club, Hangman being isolated, making his way into the ring... And then as soon as Blackpool Combat Club gets up on the apron, the elite enter the ring and crowd goes nuts and we go off the air. That's like peak nitro stuff. That is exactly the way you want to, a show to go off the air because you get everybody talking about what the possibility of things are are next. And of course, after the show went off, um, we got footage of Kenny Omega not being okay with this. Kenny left the ring um, and he wants no part of this. And I don't know if you saw Being the Elite this morning, but I yet, no. the show ends with Matt Jackson starting up a group text um, and he texts Hangman and Nick and Kenny and he's like, all right, let's get the gang back together. And then you see Nick responds uh, positively and Hangman responds positively. And then it says Kenny has left the group chat and so
0: (laughs) not even left them on red he left the group (laughs) he left the
1: group chat so a lot of things could happen here um I've seen people speculating on the possibility of a golden lovers reunion um and I
0: wish and there is the possibility it feels like it
1: yeah right but then I like the idea of you know it's just Kenny being reluctant to team with hangman after all of their history together over the last couple of years but then on the top of that You have the Blackpool Combat Club, who isn't fully complete at the moment because there's one member of the Blackpool Combat Club who's at home and he's witnessed a change in their demeanor. Is he okay with this? I don't know. I feel like, you know, we can go into double or nothing with the possibility of a four on four match, but both teams have that reluctant member. One has Kenny on this side. The other has Brian on this side. Is Brian okay with this? Is Kenny okay with this? I'm suddenly into this story. I love this. It plays well into all of the folklore of the elite. I am all in. Let's go.
0: All righty. So let's go ahead and uh, press on from here. Also, let's see. Hold on one second. All right. Um, why am I forgetting what's next? Is worse it's, next?
1: It's, it's Worst yeah, of Yeah, Oh,
0: my God. This always happens. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's next? <laughs> I forget the own format of my own show. All right. Will, Worst. Oh, no, wait. Did I do my second best? Yes, you did. Yeah. That was okay. that was your
1: second best we were just talking about.
0: Oh, shit. Sorry. My brain's like. <laughs> All right. Worst of the week. Here we go. What was your worst? Well,
1: uh, I, I, I don't know. I struggled to even pick a worst because I enjoyed a lot about this week, to be honest.
0: I struggled, too. But I just went with something. I went with something that I just thought was like, eh, this is lame. So when I can't think of something that's, like, really bad, I just go the lame slash boring direction.
1: Um, Well, right now, I am just on the idea that I would like to see more from Legato Del Fantasma. I feel like I just wasn't – I'm not necessarily a big fan of – how this act is being presented right now. Like, right now they're being seen as... uh, I I think there is a good payoff for them in, obviously, um, Santos Escobar being a big Rey Mysterio fan and him wanting to to pay homage to his hero, all of that. There's ways you could go with that. You could return him heal at some point, turn him on Ray. Places you can go with that. But just being cannon fodder to this Dominic Mysterio feud right now isn't enough for me, and I just want to see more. So, again, I liked so much from this week's TV that this isn't even like a, this sucks. This is just more of a, come on, guys. Like, give me more. And I just feel like this match was so short. Um, It was really just... Both of the, I feel like both Selena and Santos basically served as cannon fodder to uh, Dominic's feud with Ray and to uh, help empower um, Rhea a little bit more. And I feel like Rhea needs a lot more. Like I, I feel like the the stuff with Charlotte took a step up this week. Um, I like I liked
0: their promo, the back and forth that they did there. I thought she, I thought Rhea did a really good job of like putting charlotte over but not in a way where uh you know in a way that serves a purpose right where she's talking about why she actually picked her to be her opponent at wrestlemania i did like it and i did like that it actually led to them actually getting physical with one another because that was one of the things that i think was also kind of lacking in this feud was you wanted to see them really you know go to town on each other
1: that this still really does wrong. not. I, like, I, this is one of those times I'm really hoping Dave's wrong because this is not feeling main event worthy. And uh, the big reason that I feel it's not main event worthy, I talked about this on Grapsity the so other So, what day.
0: else would you consider right now that has been announced so far main event worthy? Oh,
1: nothing that's been announced so far, but the thing that hasn't been quite announced, you know, should be the main event. But the reason I don't feel this should be main event, because I know a lot of people have just been saying that um, it's not a worthy storyline. But more than that, there's no outcome that I feel is worthy of closing the show. Rhea wins. Cool. A heel just won. Closing out one night of WrestleMania. But I don't she's
0: know. an interesting heel, though. She's the heel that you want to cheer for, so I do think she would get cheered.
1: I just Even feel though like she's it's a
0: heel. Even though she's a heel, like, I'm going to cheer for her when she wins.
1: I don't feel like it's a Mania closing moment. I feel right, like there's of especially if the other moment happens with the tag titles which is going to be one of those everybody's going to be screaming their heads off hugging the people next to them you know how that moment's going to be yes, received yes. and then all of a sudden after you mean to tell me after that assuming that's on night one of course that the possibility of Rhea winning would go on last that feels like i don't think that would get the right big pop. i would have to move like, it tonight too yeah and then on top of that then you have charlotte let's say she wins she may be a babyface but she's not a baby face anybody wants to see win so that is not an outcome anybody wants to see either i feel it's like neither opposite i think neither outcome is worthy of going on last and that's something i'm like really concerned about i know that they want the women to go on last and honestly if this was a story worthy of going on last i'd be all in celebration but i don't think this should be it
0: i get it i get it all right we got a super chat here from dream, uh, dream ninja 77 who says just got home from work please tell me you saw the mustafa mustafa ali tweet uh, about 25 minutes ago has to be on your best of the week this sunday i didn't see it i've
1: been on this show for the last uh yeah hour. we've been
0: on here for the last <laughs> 25 minutes will do you want to pull that up
1: i'm pulling it up i need okay. to see what this is
0: i uh, dream ninja thank you so much for setting this in and making us aware of it Uh, He usually does pretty good stuff on Twitter, like some of the videos that he has posted. And he gets really good attention with his tweets. So I'm not surprised that this is probably going to be a good one. But uh, thank you so much to Dream Ninja 77 for sending in this super chat. A heads up, guys, if you do want to get your question, your comment or your statement read here on the show, you're more than welcome at any point to send in a super chat. Just helps us uh, stay funded. Keeps me paying Will to keep coming back each and every single week. You got it. Why are you making that face? What's the tweet? What's the tweet, Will?
1: Is he singing "The Reason" by Huba Stank? That song's so
0: old. He's just singing. That's all it is.
1: Oh, but his hair is blowing in the wind. It's.
0: Oh great! Now I got to see this. Send it. Send me the link <laughs> on the private chat, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right in the meantime i'm gonna read this super chat from mike t90k who says hey denise aw prediction then get a new tv deal six years 500 mil and have the most profitable year in 2024 do you have one? Ooh, i don't have anything right now for 2024 i just did my 2023 predictions not too long ago and i did a pretty i my vince mcmahon one kind of came true <laughs> so yes
1: it did. so you
0: guys can kind of check that one out um but i feel I, i'm hoping that aw has a good 2024 and you know every year after that uh thank you so much to mike t90k for sending that in uh van Twinblade, i just saw this uh number ones um checking out is masha choking out uh nick gage and getting that bout i am like gcw is the promotion that would definitely go like all the way with this and i think masha slamovich is such a freaking badass that you're like holy shit you're gonna buy you know anybody going in there with Nick Gage and doing this and becoming champion. It's definitely Masha Slamovich. So that's definitely on my list to watch because I want to see how that played out and I want to see the moment of Masha winning. Like, I can't believe it. Like when I saw that I was like, oh, shit. Uh, instantly on my list of to watch. Uh, thank you so much to Van Twinblade for also mentioning this. This was something I did want to mention on the show as well. Um, okay. So thank you so much to Will for sending in the tweet. Let me take a look at this really quickly. tomorrow is the anniversary of retribution disbanding instead of being mad about how the members were ungrateful i've decided to forgive them here's my love note to retribution
1: oh yeah and he's, he's like
0: dancing and singing oh his hair is great he looks like <laughs> a cover girl are you kidding me i'm not gonna put the sound on because i don't want to get copyrighted but um <laughs> he looks like he's in a commercial for cover girl very attractive man very attractive man all right um let's see <laughs> Well, you're just quiet you're like
1: what? I mean I watched the whole thing. I look look I mean look Mustafa Ali. Hey, you
0: can't look at Mustafa Ali and not be like oh damn hello there. Well I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Where are we at with this show? My You're at your worst. Week. Yes. All right. Damn, I'm I'm sorry guys. I still got vacation brain. I'm falling apart here. Uh worst of the week for me is kind of something that I just kind of thought was just there and because it is part of the build to WrestleMania. Once again, I'm going with Brock and omaz and i
1: was close to picking that and i thought i don't want to pick on this anymore
0: there was a lot of things that i considered (laughs) kind of lame uninteresting just there uh but i chose this one because this is a match that we're going to be seeing at wrestle freaking mania with brock lesnar and for me this was just so this feels kind of like just so forced it's just so forced it feels like if there's one thing that doesn't belong it's this you know but one of the crowds are buying it that's other, the but the, i think they were doing it in a mocking way where they started chanting holy shit." i feel like it was an inside joke type of thing i didn't take that seriously
1: did you? i don't know because the video has like over a million views on youtube like there is an audience for this who <laughs> it's are these
0: people <laughs> where are they are they on this show
1: it's, it's blo- if you're no. here,
0: please introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> Not me. I I am definitely on the page of there's plenty of other things they could have done. I think like maybe the visual of Brock F5-ing Omos will probably be kind of cool. But other than that, um, no, I don't care about I this. I mean, I guess
0: him putting his hand on his face was, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I,
1: but like the the messing up the one spot of getting thrown out of the ring And that told me, okay, is that what this match is gonna look like? All right, this is gonna be a really long five minutes because you know this match won't exceed that. And I'd be uh, surprised
0: if it exceeded five minutes. I mean, if it even went five minutes, excuse me. Yeah. Maybe they're gonna do one of those things where they, because you know, every year they try to do like the beat the record of oh fastest win WrestleMania. Problem with that is that (sighs) it's six
1: seconds now because of The Rock beating Eric Rowan. So like that's. I don't
0: think that they can. Six seconds is just so fast yeah can you do it faster than six seconds
1: i don't think so because it what what an f5 no
0: because i just think amaz is too slow <laughs>
1: right? I think he's yeah. too slow
0: to get a, a to lose fast
1: uh,
0: you got to be fast not, for that right yeah
1: I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this at all so i i see why this is on your list i this just feel like i've been picking literally on this because
0: it's so lame
1: yeah Alright,
0: uh, we got a super chat here from Tom Germano, who says, towards Will's future Jeff Jarrett shirt. I'm going to get you that for Christmas. <laughs> That's going to be your, birth- your Christmas your. I mean, honestly,
1: shirt. shout out Jeff Jarrett, though. Like, he he was a good pickup for AEW when you really think about it. Because uh, thinking about, like, did you see how the house show performed um, this no, week? No, I haven't yet. So, AEW had their first house show uh, in Troy, Ohio, um, which, of course, is the thing that Jeff Jarrett was hired for, was putting together house shows. And... It was practically a sellout. Uh, Everybody was raving about their experience, Um, and
0: how many people? What was the sellout number? I
1: mean, so it's like three thousand people. It's a very small. Okay, but uh, I mean, it's
0: Troy, Ohio. This is the first time I've heard of it. I've never heard of Troy, Ohio in my life until (laughs) well, and that
1: was kind of the point. Was that Jeff Jarrett talked about it? You know, I've listened to interviews with him. I listened to his podcast, and he talked about how he came in to really. Market AEW to those cities that would probably never get a dynamite, but uh would love to see their favorite wrestlers. And so they started with Troy, Ohio. Um, uh, but hey, they still got to see Bloody Moxley. Moxley actually bladed at a house show.
0: Are you serious? <laughs>
1: Dead serious. He actually did. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh but hey, you've heard was... that
0: saying you perform the same way if you were gonna be performing in front of ten people or ten thousand people.
1: Everybody who went though said it was great. They uh, and I walked. I I look at that, going, okay, that's what Jeff Jarrett was brought in for, um, to expand the live events. They've got another one planned for their uh, Canada tour, and you know, it's good for certain guys to get in reps. I know Britt Baker faced Anna Jay. Like that's a perfect scenario for Anna Jay, right? Like um, she needs those reps in front of fans, but at the same time, you don't necessarily want to do that on TV. That's great for her. Uh, and also for
0: people that are not continuously every single week wrestling, so like even though Britt is someone that's a featured act, it's not like she's having matches every week either. She may be in a segment, cutting a promo, doing a run and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I feel bad because like if you've ever read John Moxley's book, if there's it one thing, and as a matter of fact, the book is sitting right here. Uh, but if there's one thing that John Moxley hates, it's house shows and the fact <laughs> that he's advertised for this. He was advertised for this house show. Why and he does he be- hate
0: house shows?
1: So he has said that um, he hates the idea of going out there and busting your ass in a setting where people might or people aren't gonna see it um, like he'd rather work in indie because at least with an indie you know that show's gonna be archived it'll be put online things along those lines but the idea that this show's never going to be seen by anybody other than the people in that building to him he feels like you know uh, he talked about working house shows leading up to Wrestlemania uh, back in 2016 and he's like I'm here on a house show that barely anybody cares about I've got a Wrestlemania match coming up if I get injured at this house show I'm screwing storylines and nobody even saw it happen and so like I think it's funny that house shows are his least favorite thing and he is the front guy advertised on AEW's two house shows and he got pulled from an indie booking to do this house show uh, and he, was supposed he still to hasn't
0: work, gone on his vacation.
1: Still hasn't gone on his vacation. I'm like, oh my god, John Moxley having to work these shows.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, thank you so much to Tom uh, for sending that in. It's much appreciated. All right, and we got another super chat here from uh, Giuseppe who says, Denise, you got Taylor confetti in your hair. I was gonna say I took a shower. <laughs> 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 that's actually just my. That's just my hair. <laughs> But I wish I still had confetti in my I did collect confetti from the floor though. I, I was that. walking around just picking some up, putting it in my bag. I do weird things will. Uh, Giuseppe, thank you so I, much of for Of course. The, I know you Denise. I've watched And for making you do me check my done hair done. now. I'm it's... like I took two showers since the time I've got back, okay? Uh, Anime Otako 2 says, um this gives me hope of an event in Scotland when AEW comes over for the show down in London, heck, give me Dynamite in Glasgow sounds fun man sounds really fun i really hope you get those events seriously mm-hmm. all right uh, thank you so much anime Otaku. i wish i could add more to that but i probably can't contribute anything more than that um all right mikhail says denise still has vacation glow i still got vacation brain all right here we go <laughs> will your first best of the week what was your favorite thing and i, I figured it out by the way but yes continue of on.
1: course guys kevin and sammy reunited <sighs> Everything about this I loved. I, I know some people didn't even like the the Cody Rhodes proud dad moment. Are you kidding me? I'm going to get so much use out of that. Uh, but You would, yeah. You so, would. of course, the night starts out. Kevin Owens uh, is called out by uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes says, we all got to get on the same page. And uh, he wants these two to just talk it out. And Cody makes a plea to... Kevin Owens. He reminds Kevin Owens that, "Hey, you're the guy who introduced me to the Young Bucks, which led to everything that led me here. So I owe you at least that, and I owe you getting you back on the same page with with Sami Zayn." And Sami Zayn pleads his case to Kevin. Kevin just doesn't want to hear it. He walks off. And uh, I was thinking maybe we're still another week away from actually seeing a payoff here. Maybe we don't even get a payoff to WrestleMania. I don't know as far as us finally getting that moment. But as Kevin goes to get in his car, and it's a recurring theme in this storyline, Sami Zayn says to Kevin, I just want to say to you, man, I love you. And he walks off. And I knew it. I knew in that moment, I was like, that's going to be what tipped Kevin back over, was hearing that because Kevin Owens saying earlier in the show that, um, you know, Sammy says, look, we don't have to be friends. I just, we need to beat the bloodline. And Kevin's like, why would I want to work with somebody who doesn't want to be my friend? Like, after all we've been through, you showed me you didn't want to be my friend. And that was the most important thing here. But, of course, so we get the ending segment. Kevin Owens, or sorry, Sammy Zayn and Jay Uso confrontation. And it turns out, that's not as cut and dry as we thought, right? Because Sami Zayn talks to Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn tells Jay that uh, it's not me you were mad at, it's Roman. And the look on Jey Uso's face when he kind of looks over as if Sammy might be a little right, so it's not exactly as done deal with Jey Uso as we may have thought, He may still have some conflicting feelings he may still be anti-bloodline but he has to stay loyal to his brother and then he attacks sammy sammy gets jumped and out comes kevin owens for the save after that they kind of stare each other down crowd is chanting hug it out and they got what they wanted the two of them hugged. they cut to the back cody rhodes just has that proud dad look on his face like my mission is accomplished i know some people hated that i know some people were like Cody had nothing to do with any of this, and yet he gets to be the guy who saved the day and brought these two back together. I hate this. I love this. This was a great (laughs) heartfelt moment. This was everything for me. Kevin and Sammy back together forevermore. I love this. I had so much fun, Uh, and there's almost a little tear there. I was happy to see Kevin and Sammy back together.
0: So I watched this this morning today. Mm -hmm. Actually, right before the show. She watched this right before the show. Yeah, like literally right before the show. I was literally watching it as as I hopped on. I'm like, hi,
1: Denise. She's like, sorry, watching SmackDown.
0: Yeah, I was trying because I'm like, (laughs) okay, I know something happened on SmackDown. So I got to make sure to watch that. So I did get to watch like the main segments for uh, SmackDown. But anyway, so... For me this like the beginning i think for me didn't necessarily work as much you know the whole you know cody kind of like being the freaking i don't know mediator between them but i did like when uh, kevin owens was still just not not complete sold on it you know he walks out all of that that was fine but i will tell you what my favorite part of all of this was besides the big moment where Sammy and kevin owens hug it out that was great and the fans are like ah, you know great reaction but for me, the part that I most loved about all of this was how, how angry Jey Uso was at Sammy because he said, you know, he tells them everybody, you know, I hate it. I disliked you from the from day one. I disliked you. You know, everyone liked you. You know, even Roman Reigns liked you. Everyone liked you. But I did it. And then him basically saying that, you know, he embarrassed him by, he finally sticks up for him and then Sami Zayn goes off to embarrass him and he tells him, like, you were a fake ass oos. You know, everything that he kind of said in that moment, that was my favorite part. That to me was the part that I was like, you know what? Like Jay you're so yeah, you can it's one of those things where you're obviously on Sami Zayn's side in the story, but you can clearly see and also understand the perspective of where Jay Uso is coming from where you understand why he's stuck with his with his brother I mean shit it's his twin brother you understand why he's stuck with the bloodline you understand why he did what he did but you also understand how he can be upset at Sami Zayn for all of this so to me that was my favorite part in all of that that actually kind of made, to me, that felt like a big moment. And so when we finally had Kevin Owens come out there and help out Sami Zayn, that was cool to see cause you were wondering when it was gonna happen, how long they were gonna hold off until WrestleMania. And you knew they had to pull the plug eventually cause we're winding down. Like we're literally at WrestleMania in like two weeks or whatever. And so it, it, for me, the specific moment that I most loved though was Jey Uso. Saying his shit to Sami Zayn and having his moment to defend himself as to why I actually thought this was better than what Jey Uso did the um the last week because I didn't really care for Jey Uso's speech the last week but this one to me just hit a lot stronger having that face to face with Sami yeah, Zayn so I, agree. I get it I feel like I get why this was on your number one for me it didn't make my number one unfortunately. I'm sorry. Um, my number one is actually going to go to something we already talked about on this show, which is why I didn't talk about it. And I continued on. And it was the opening of Dynamite. Now, I'm not going to go and rehash everything that uh, I was going to call you MJF, Will. <laughs> everything that <laughs> everything that Will said. But I do want to just touch on this really quickly and why it was my number one. The reason I went this direction, Will, is because I felt so excited about all of the possible scenarios that can be had here all of you know with Darby Ellen with Jungle Boy with Sammy with MJF all of these guys whether they go you know the direction of going and doing all of these singles matches whether they just go flat into the four-way whatever it is that they decide to do for me that was exciting because you know we've been talking so long about you know the future of AEW the future of AEW well shit the future's here it's here and now and this is the time to get creative with it this is the time to do something with it and i loved jungle boy coming out there and you know doing his portion of the promo where you know we just talked about it earlier him talking about how mjf hasn't done all of the things that he does i didn't think that um it was one of those things where jungle boy started and I'm like oh it's really good but then Sammy Guevara did better but then Darby Allen did the best so to me it felt like as each promo went on the next person kind of outdid the previous person and to me um you know the little low-hanging fruit between Sammy and MJF with the fiance talk and this and that I really like that I know some people don't like that stuff I like that stuff because to me I like things that really kind of just make you go oh shit they really went there I love anytime we can get anything like that so I was totally totally cool with that um but I agree with you when you said that Darby won this and I think he won this because he did something and it was a little thing that to me was freaking hilarious when he was talking about people complaining on Twitter right and he was mocking them and saying how that was never gonna be him and this and that right and then at the end he kind of ties it back and makes a joke saying if I don't get this title match what am I gonna do I'm going to go complain on Twitter. And that to me was freaking hilarious because I okay, so one of the things well that I love to do is I love to watch comedy comedy is like my favorite thing I will watch like so many stand ups like that's what I love to watch. And you always see that in comedy, you see the person set you up in the beginning. And then in the end, you get the something that connects you to what they said in the beginning. And to me, Darby Allen did a version of that here in this promo and I really kind of just liked that so much. So for me, Darby definitely won this, but I'm more so excited to see what they're going to do with all of these guys here like this is really you know for me I think Sammy has always had great matches but I think now is the time to kind of get him off of always just you know obviously he's still going to be part of the Jericho Appreciation Society but so much of what he has recently done has just been primarily tied to Jericho where you sometimes forget his own identity as you know just Sammy Guevara himself so I want to see Sammy Guevara in his own you know identity do his own thing and uh you know Darby this is the perfect way to launch him off of that you know losing the tnt title and this and that and jungle boy i mean he's pretty much a jungle man at this point he put away duchasaurus he freaking sent christian cage like a million feet below the ground so for me this was definitely the best way to move forward with all of these guys where they all needed this and need this to continue to grow on aew so this to me was my favorite thing of the week
1: yay yay this is my second favorite. I know. I know. List, I know. So. so you
0: already talked about it. So there yeah. you go. No, um, I'm glad it's on the list. Exactly. All right, everyone. So there you go. That was After the Week here on the special Monday edition. We will be back at our normal time next week. Uh, so please make sure to join us. We're here on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we talk about everything that went down the week just like we did right now. Um, but before we go, uh, Will, please let the people know where they can find you and all of that good stuff.
1: Uh. So... I can be found on a number of shows I do. Um, I do Grapsity. I do Day After Dynamite. Speaking of which, if you're a fan of Day After Dynamite, um, I don't know how you spend your midnights, but next week, uh, because I'll be traveling, I'll actually be doing a late-night edition of Day After Dynamite. After Dark. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be Dad After Dark. Dad After
0: Dark. We know what Dad does after dark.
1: (laughs) So, therefore, uh, next week's edition will be uh at midnight eastern because um, it still has to be day after dynamite so i have to wait till it's technically day after dynamite somewhere so therefore i'm holding it right at midnight it'll be a late night edition of day after dynamite next week
0: Cole Henderson sends in a super chat saying will mention on dad with a wonderful co host this week his wife had great perspective on MJF's bar mitzvah also happy birthday Will's wife and that's true by the way I wanted to mention that earlier because I've never been to a bar mitzvah I didn't even know what to expect so I didn't know how like how correct or incorrect what they were going to do was going to be you know
1: Right. Yeah, and, and that's true. That my wife does share a birthday with MJF. She was born March fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, and therefore she got to um, she got to celebrate on Wednesday. That's why I didn't wa- get to watch Dynamite Live. So, um, yes, a belated happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you, Cole.
0: Thank you, Cole. Alrighty, everyone. Uh, as for me, just please make sure you guys subscribe to this channel. Uh, I just surpassed 95,000 subscribers. I'm so freaking close to 100K. It is nuts. Um, WrestleMania is in two weeks, and I'm going to be covering a multitude of events. Uh, so I'm going to be posting so much content up here. It's going to be like up the butt crazy, okay? Like for reals. It's going to be nuts. So make sure you guys subscribe to the channel and check, the- check us back out here for after the week on Sunday. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone.